This is a 980 CKNW podcast. British Columbians have reacted positively to the inclusion of specific policies to deal with housing in our recent provincial budget. This from a new poll by Insights West. To talk about the poll and its findings, it's a pleasure to welcome Mario Canseco, Vice President Public Affairs with Insights West, to the program this morning. Mario, good to talk to you again. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be here, Sterling. It's good to have you with us. Now, how recent is the poll? This is this is uh, within just a few days, isn't it? Yes, we just conducted it last week. It was important to essentially take a look at how BC residents were reacting to this new budget and, and also really taking a, a, a deep look at the situation related to housing. Uh, back in January, when we asked what the number one issue facing BC was, housing was at 50%. It's the highest level that I've seen for anything over the past seven years, so okay. we thought it was a good chance to try to figure out if this is going to help people. Right, and usually when, when you tap a, a British Columbian or any Canadian on the shoulder and say, what are your what are the big priorities these days? We usually come up with health care and education, but in Vancouver especially, but right across BC, housing has become that go-to uh, instinctive reaction, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has changed over the past few years. Uh, the first time that I saw an issue at 50% was right after the economic crisis in in 2008 when most residents were saying it's about the economy and jobs Mm -hmm. we've never seen anything like that we had a moment where the environment was climbing we had moments where healthcare is number one or number two uh but to see housing consistently topping the charts so to speak and to have it at 50 percent like we did back in january definitely suggests that even if you own a home and you're happy with your situation you're still worried about what this is going to do to the entire province. Right. Now, in in the budget, and of course the NDP-Green Alliance is uh, governing today because of the commitments they made on a number of fronts, not the least of which was housing, and they have several measures included in the new budget. And the finance minister, Carol James Mario, is pretty upfront about saying, look, this is a work in progress. We're not even 100% sure how this thing's going to pan out, but we've got to do something. And so let's talk about some of the specific measures the government introduced in the budget? Well, uh, there's really three things that uh, that many residents uh, liked and welcomed as ideas. Uh, one of them is the, the start of the speculation tax for people who own properties in B.C. Uh, but do not pay taxes here. That's supported by four out of five residents. Also, we see four out of five residents supporting the notion of the foreign buyer's tax uh, getting out, outside of Metro Vancouver, in, essentially going to areas in the Okanagan also going into some areas in Vancouver Island. Yes. And they also supported, uh, more than four out of five, uh, the idea of the foreign buyer's tax going from 15 to 20 percent. Now, we, we have to remember, this is an idea of the Liberal government uh, probably one or, or, or one and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was expected that this was going to cool off the market, make it easier for for residents of BC to to make the jump and to essentially become homeowners, it didn't really make a dent. And I think this is one of the reasons for the changes uh, that the NDP government has decided to implement. Okay. And what about the speculation tax? People who just buy properties like they would buy stocks, no intention of ever living there. It's a commodity to be flipped for a profit. Well, definitely. We see a lot of support for that. It's, it's, It's a question that we've asked about at the municipal level. And, for instance, in the city of Vancouver, we, we saw a high level of support uh, for the absentee homeowner tax, as they call it. Everybody has a different name for yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. You know exactly what it is. It, it, you know, you're not here. You're not being part of the community. Uh, and it's, it's something that has happened in other places. I think New York is a great example of this. Uh, they have a specific tax for any, uh, any uh, home 
that is valued at more than $3 million. Now, that might sound like a lot of money, but it's essentially every single penthouse in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And what we see there is a scenario where the municipal government is saying, you're not here, uh, you're not essentially contributing to the community, so if you're going to be using this as some sort of destination for a couple of weeks or, or maybe two months a year, you're going to have to pay a little bit more than the residents. Right. And, and of course, Albertans are feeling particularly beset upon, and because you mentioned that uh, the foreign, uh, some of these taxes have extended now to the Okanagan, and uh, every British Columbia knows that at least half of the Okanagan Valley is owned by Albertans and has been for half a century or more. It's their playground, too. And now, as, quote, foreigners, they're going to be stuck with an extra tab. Well, this is definitely not going to to help the tension that we've seen between Alberta and BC for the past little while. That's true. Uh, there's, there's definitely some some concerns there as far as, as as the way in which this could happen, and we may see a, a little bit of a tweaking of this, and maybe changing it for those who are Canadian residents, changing it for those who are essentially paying taxes somewhere else. Uh, it's a work in progress, I think. Definitely, what we see here is a high level of support for the idea. But the challenge for the NDP government is going to be, what do they have to show for in a year? Mm-hmm. Do they have a cool market where a lot of people are happy? Do they have a situation where the millennial that is right now studying or working in the city of, uh, of Vancouver can actually stay there and, and, and have a place that they can call home? Uh, to me, that's the bigger challenge. I mean, you can have a lot of nice policies and definitely people will be happy with them. But if you don't have something to show for it at the end, it's going to be tough for the residents to say, this actually works. Right. Now, let's talk about a couple of other items that are not housing-related, but apparently pretty popular in the budget, to the provincial budget now we're talking. Uh, and that would include a revival of the seniors' discount days on BC ferries. Uh, not a huge uh, expense on the part of the government, but a, a gesture that I'm sure is going to be well-received. Well-received indeed. And we see a lot of support, particularly in the island, because these are a lot of these are residents who who really need the ferries. Uh, you know, you, it, it's, it's, it's essential for them to be able to go from one place to the next, and they're definitely happy with this. And it's not a necessarily a, a big investment on the part of the government. I think it, it, what it shows in a way is uh, that you're being careful of the needs of the people who voted for you. I mean, this is an area that voted overwhelmingly for the NDP and the Greens. So this is one way to make him happy. Absolutely similar to the removal of the tolls on the Portman and, Go- and Golden Ears bridges. Uh, again, that's why they won all of those seats in Surrey, right? Absolutely. And, you know, this is, this is definitely part of the situation where you're having your, 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 your first budget. You know, we need to appease the people who supported us, who were happy with the way we were doing things, who, who voted for us. And this is one way to do it. I mean, a lot of the support for the NDP as well was concentrated in the urban areas. Absolutely. Housing is the number one issue, so you have to deal with it. Right. Now, Mario, last item I want to take a look at is Medicare. And, of course, uh, nobody in British Columbia who pays Medicare premiums objected to having their premiums cut in half from 150 bucks a month to 75 in our household's case. Uh, and, uh, ultimately, a year from now, uh, they expect the premiums to be zero. However, the money has to come from somewhere, and they appear to be uh, aiming at uh, businesses whose uh, payroll exceeds half a million bucks. Yes, this is the most contentious issue that we tested, and we still saw 61% of residents say that they were happy with it. Obviously, they're not going to be the ones paying for it. It's something that the specific businesses may, may, may have to, to deal with, and we are going to get a lot of uh, pushback from specific organizations that, that deal with uh, businesses and, and 
I think this is expected. And what's interesting here is what is going to happen in about a year or, or, or maybe two. Are we going to be in a situation where most people are dissatisfied with this because they see a detrimental effect on the way their businesses are operating? Or are they going to be saying, well, this is a great idea because I'm not the one paying for it. My employer can certainly afford it. Well, it's interesting because, and it'll be interesting to find out when you zoom in with Insights West polling that you are so capable of doing, Mario, when you zoom in on the business community, because they're uh, they're being attacked by uh, from two levels of government. The feds have been after them uh, with uh, the changes to uh, a number of, of uh, savings and uh, small business. They've been following the rules, and suddenly the feds declared them tax cheats a year or so ago. And so now the province comes at them with a new, essentially, payroll tax to uh, pick up the slack in Medicare. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to, uh, and do you have plans to to zero in on the business community to get some specific reaction? Oh, definitely. This is something that we do usually every six months when there's a specific policy that is uh, coming in, and we haven't had a chance to do it this month, but we certainly will. I'll bet. And uh, do you have any sense of what to kind of uh, push back, as you describe it, you're going to get? Well, we have heard a little bit from the Board of Trade, from the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses. I think there's, there's definitely concerns about the way this could work. Uh, and I think what we might see, depending on how the situation pans out, is a little bit of a change in the, in the cutoff point. You know, five, $500,000 might sound like a lot of money for a specific business to be included in this, uh, but it might be a place that is employing 10, 15 people. It could really make a dent on the actual profits of the place. So... If, if anything, if there's some sort of lobbying on, on the part of the business community, it might lead to changes in the threshold, but not necessarily on, on the policy. So by way of conclusion and your, of, your, of your findings, and this is critical for a minority government in a bit of a shaky situation uh, politically, uh, to, to have such an overwhelming degree of approval from province-wide in the wake of their first budget must be an enormous relief to the NDP Greens. Yes, I think definitely they struck the right chord with this. They, it's not a budget that is uh, easy to hate. And I think we've had situations like that. I do remember the first budget that was brought in by the Jim Prentice government in Alberta, which everybody hated. Mm-hmm. It was a situation where essentially they were saying, you know, this isn't the right course of action. We're not happy with this. And this is somebody who had a majority right at that particular moment. And it didn't end so well for him when he decided to force the hand and, and, and call a new election. So, you know, you're not going to have everybody satisfied, but there are definitely issues here that even people who didn't vote for the NDP and the Greens are happy with. And I think this is something that needs to be said. It's not a situation where you have this polarization of every single BC Liberal voter saying this is a terrible budget. Right, right. There are things here that they definitely think are good ideas. Yeah, so again, the new government dodges the first bullet. <laughs> I guess you're summarizing it, right, Mario? Definitely, and it's a minority government. That's right. You never know what can happen. A couple of people catch the flu or miss the ferry, and we could be into a new election. Absolutely right. Always a pleasure to speak to you, and thank you for this very current information, and it's good to know about. Anytime, sir, thank you. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.